Hi, this is Dan. In a moment, I'm going to talk about an often misunderstood passage of Scripture from Romans chapter 13, and why Christians have a responsibility to stand against evil, even evil in our government. I hope you find it helpful. Please follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Revival Now Dan Steep. Subscribe and like us at YouTube. Follow us and like us on Facebook so that you can get our notifications. And you can always find us on our website at revivalnow.com. I hope you find this message helpful. Remember, God's not mad. He loves you, and so do I. Well, God is good. There's a lot going on in our world. Uh, a lot going on in our country, in our nation, and uh, I, I've got a, a topic that I want to talk to you about tonight, which is why resisting a godless government can be righteous. I would suggest to you tonight that there is a, a righteousness to resist. Now, when I talk about resisting, I'm not talking about anarchy like uh, many other people and groups, uh, you know, choose to to uh, you know utilize that technique. But there is a there is a way to resist peacefully. Uh, and, and so I'm not talking about creating chaos, but resisting lawlessness. That's the bottom line of it. So hey, hey, Pastor Larry, God bless you, buddy. Thanks for joining, joining us, Paul, Ruth, amen, love you guys, wouldn't be here without you, wouldn't be in this world without Ruth, because that's my mom, and wouldn't be doing this live stream without Paul, because he's our resident tech ex- expert here at Revival Now, hey, Pastor Steve. Good to see you, buddy. As you're getting on and joining us, just want to remind you some ways that you can connect with us. Um, YouTube and Facebook, you can find us at Revival Now Dan Steep. Revival Now Dan Steep. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe and like us on YouTube, on YouTube so that you get our notifications. Like and follow us on Facebook so that you'll be able to know when we're getting on, and you can join us. We're on Instagram also at the same place, Revival Now, Dan Steep. And of course, the flagship is our website, RevivalNow.com. If you get on our website, you can, you can actually watch us live streaming from our website. That's really important, and we want to make sure everybody is aware of that, because you never know when... Um, uh, you get censored, things get taken down. Um, you know, all you have to do is really preach the truth of God's word in its completeness, and that's enough to get you censured for hate speech and all kinds of stuff. So, I, I can't keep up with it all, but I want you to know if you if you ever can't find us on YouTube or Facebook, just go to our website revivalnow.com, and and you can watch us uh, live streaming right from there. And our previous messages are, are cataloged there as well. 
So just like you can go back in YouTube and so forth and view previous episodes, you can do that from our website, revivalnow.com. And we're put out, we're releasing a new podcast every Tuesday morning. It's called Fuel for Life. And you can find that on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other podcasting platforms. Um, release that, like I said, every Tuesday morning. There's a new episode that is being released. We'd appreciate it very much if you guys not only would like and follow our stuff, but share it. Share our live stream videos. Share our podcasts. We're trying to hit on topics that um, are relevant for the days that we're living in, and also very relevant just for building faith and introducing people to Jesus. So that's really what we're all about. Revival Now is chasing a million-soul mandate that God spoke to me about uh, two, three years ago. And we're just chasing it with everything that we have, and God is faithful. He's opening doors for us. And we're faithfully stepping through those doors uh, for His glory. We're, we're pretty excited about what God has called us to do, how He's equipped us and supplied for us to do it. We have uh, just in 2021 preached to over 4,300 people. That's just like in-person stuff that we're doing. That doesn't count live streams and podcasts or anything like that. We've had the privilege just in 2021 to feed uh, over 4,100 people, and um, the, the, these numbers just keep going up. We've seen 2,920 souls come to Christ just in 2021. So we've turned the page on 2020, and we're hitting the ground running in 2021, and, and uh, God is faithful. He's good. We've seen 121 miracles and or healings take place through our ministry as well. So we are just getting started, gaining momentum, and uh, we're excited uh, that you would join us tonight for this live stream. So why resisting a godless government can be righteous? And our primary text that we're going to look at this evening comes from Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. This was a very much quoted, very much discussed passage of Scripture in 2020, as uh, the coronavirus was unleashed upon the earth. Uh, in fact, I preached, it was almost one year ago to the day that I preached on this very text. So let me read it with you from Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. There it is. That's the one that's got everybody saying, you know, take the shot, wear the mask, uh, you know, social distance, close your churches down, and all kinds of stuff like that. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. 
For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. So that's the passage of Scripture that has had a lot of people saying, just do whatever your governor says, do whatever your local health department says, do whatever the health director says, uh, whatever um, mandates or uh, whatever uh, directives that are passed down, uh, it, it doesn't matter if they're unconstitutional, it doesn't matter if they haven't passed through a, a legitimate legislative process to enact into law, just do it because you have to obey the authorities over you. So I want to take some time to dig into this passage of Scripture and really begin to, to uh, see if we can responsibly understand what is actually being taught and put forth in this passage of Scripture. Clearly, the Bible tells us to submit to authority, but then in this passage of Scripture, it goes on to uh, actually define what that authority is. And that's really important, especially in the United States of America, because we live in what is called a constitutional republic. As long as we still have it, we're going to cling to, to what this nation is. And, and so you have to really, within, a, within any country, you really need to be able to define what that authority is. But in a constitutional republic, that authority looks different. And you see, you can't defend what you can't define. So it's critically important that we, we actually define what we're talking about with this authority. So what is authority? A authority is power to do something. Power to do something. Thank you, everybody, for getting on and saying hello. Uh, make sure as you're listening and watching, you let us know where you're watching from. Amen. Authority, power to do something. But in this passage of Scripture, we have, first of all, a delegated authority. Verses 1 and 2. Uh, right? Let every soul be subject to governing authorities. Verse 1. This is Romans chapter 13, verse 1, if you're just joining us. For there is no authority except from God. So first of all, authority comes from God. And then it says that the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Right? So authority is from God, appointed by God. And then in verse 2, therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So, we have this delegated authority, first and foremost from God. Therefore, every power 
right, in our governmental political structure is inherently a delegated power. First and foremost, from God. It all springs from God. But now, secondly, in America, our Constitution allows for what we call a delegated authority. An authority that is delegated. Who is it delegated by? It's delegated by us. We, the people, it's what we call a representative authority. We, the people, elect our representatives to represent us in our state legislature, in, in our national legislator and legislature, and so forth. Right? A representative authority. Now, if everyone is to be subject to the authorities above, how does that work in the United States? How does that work in a constitutional republic where the above is us? We, the people. You see, our elected officials, our elected representatives, represent us in this representative government, and they actually answer to us. And so, if we elect our representatives, and they go to the state or the national level, and they don't represent us well, we have a recourse, it's called voting, and we can vote their butts out. That's assuming the machines and the algorithms will allow you to. But that's for another day. Delegated authority. In a, in a system of delegated authority, you have to answer the question, who is the above authority? The people we elect to represent us? Or the people that our elected officials uh, are elected to answer to. Hey, God bless you, Pastor Donis. Great man of God. We had so much fun ministering in your church Sunday. Thank you for the invitation. And thank you for being such great hosts. It's Francis. Who's Francis? Oh, amen. God bless you, Francis. Thanks for joining us. That means a lot to us. We appreciate that so much. Amen. So there's, first of all, a, this authority is a delegated authority. Secondly, it is a defined authority. So let's look at our, our, our scripture again in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, and let's look at verses 3 and 4. Rulers are not a terror to good works. What's that mean? That means rulers aren't supposed to do evil. They're supposed to support good. He says, do you, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For 
He is God's ministers to God for what? For good. So, this authority is delegated from God, and in America, delegated from we the people. And then the Apostle Paul defines it. He is telling us there is no authority if not by God. God is the one who instituted the idea of government with Moses and Jethro. And all government is not ordained by God. That's one thing that we have to come to terms with. Every government official is not ordained by God. If they are there to do evil rather than good, then they're not falling, they're not following the delegated authority from God. And, and so let's, let me give you an illustration. Um, Nazism in Germany was a form of government. From God? I don't think so. Uh, that's just me being smart. Definitely not. You see, there's a difference between God's will and what God allows. And we need to come to grips with that. God's will and what God allows are not always the same thing. They're not always synonymous. Let me give you a biblical example. The Bible says that God is not willing that any would be lost. And yet, people are dying and going to hell every day. It's not God's will for anyone to be lost, for anyone to go to hell. In fact, we find from Matthew 25, 41 that hell wasn't even created for us. Hell wasn't created for you. The Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So God's will and what God allows are not always the same thing. And so God allows certain people to be put into positions of power and authority, but it's not necessarily his will. Because if that were the case, then you would have to, then the, basically you would believe that God has placed every tyrannical dictator in a position of power throughout history. I had a scripture for you in Hosea chapter 8, verse 4. God's speaking through the prophet Hosea, and he says, They have set up kings, but not by me. They have set up kings, but not by me, the Lord says. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold, they have made them idols, that they may be cut off. But focus in on that first part with me. God says through the prophet Hosea, they, they have set up kings, but it was not by me. So God's will... And what God allows 
can be two different things. In 1 Samuel 8, 5, And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. This is the children of Israel speaking to Samuel. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. It wasn't God's will. It wasn't his plan. But he allowed it. He, he gave them what they wanted. The sovereign God of Scripture allows a nation to choose the wrong king. Now, God can't contradict himself. It's just, it's something that God is not capable of doing. He's not capable of lying. He's not capable of, of contradicting himself. So if you're a Christian, you have to accept that the Bible is true in order to be consistent. Uh, if you're saying Romans 13 says that whoever is in office, that God put them there and that's all there is to it, then you're contradicting Scripture. It's contradictive that you must submit to a person that God does not approve of and shouldn't be there in the first place. God didn't approve of Nebuchadnezzar and what he was doing. God allowed Saul to be king as a judgment against the people. But that's not the same thing as saying that God put him there. He gave the people what they wanted. Part of the test, when God allows man to choose a tyrannical ruler, is are you going to listen to him or follow me? We have that decision to make every day. I mean, there are things that have been ruled to be legal in our nation, but they're not biblical, they're not moral or ethical just because they have been ruled legal. And we have choices to make as followers of Christ as to what we will support and not support, follow and do or not. When it comes into conflict with the supreme laws of the land, the Word of God and the Constitution, I have that here also, the Constitution of the United States. That's the supreme law of the land. That's what I must, first and foremost, uh, follow. So, when God allows man to choose a tyrannical ruler, are you going to listen to him, or are you going to follow God? That's, that's the story of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Paul, Peter, Silas, the martyrs, followed God first and foremost. foremost. See, it's popular to strain at the sovereignty of God today. 
But God, the word God does not mean puppet master. That he's God and in control and we're puppets and it's all settled and, and he takes care of it and that's all there is to it. You can't treat scripture in a way uh, you know, in, in, in a way like that. I mean, it, it applies, right? You, you can't just say that it, it only applies until uh, the, the elected leader gets extreme. If it's not true for the extreme example, then it can't be true for the ordinary example. What am I trying to say? I know a lot of people that this it, it doesn't seem to matter whether it is illegal and unconstitutional mandates or whether it is um, you know taking a shot that sounds like vacation, but if you say the actual name, you get you know censored and banned from social media or uh, steps to utilize that to to further enhance population control and govern the movements of the population of the world. It doesn't matter that those things are very that are driven by an antichrist spirit and leading us very quickly into a time uh, of the mark of the beast where there'll be no buying or selling without it. And it's like everybody wants to just wait while freedoms are being infringed upon. I mean, we're, we're just over a year uh, anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread. And look what they did. You gave them two weeks, and you never got it back. Every time you give up freedom, you never get it all back. And it's like people want to just wait until, right, they're loading up the trains for the concentration camp, if I can use that, that, that terrible illustration, before they say, oh, I, I think maybe they've gone too far. No, we have to be vigilant. We, the people, are the only ones that can keep our elected representative government accountable. And, and so freedom is a fleeting thing. And freedoms are being eroded away in, in the United States very rapidly. And it is righteous to resist those things. Verses 3 and 4 defines authority for us. Submit to what authorities? I would suggest to you this evening, you submit to the authorities that operate within the framework of what God defines their purpose to be. And God defined it in verses 3 and 4 of Romans 13 to be the good of the people. You do not have to submit to evil. In fact, the Bible says... Resist the devil, and he will flee. We're not supposed to submit to evil. We submit to God, and we resist evil. 
The authorities that the Apostle Paul is referring here to here are those that punish evil and promote good. That's the authorities that you are to submit to. Those that punish evil and promote good. I mean, if Hitler says, turn in the Jews for re-education, which means extermination, we'd have to We'd have to do that or else we're sinning against God according to this blind adherence to Romans chapter 13. Hey, Pastor Emmanuel. God bless you, partner. Appreciate the work you're doing. Bungoma Bosio. We, we really enjoyed the three days that we, we were able to spend with you. Back in, uh, back in February. That's a man of God with a lot of kingdom potential. Hang in there, buddy. We're praying for you. Amen. I hope those most recent lockdowns don't reach out into western Kenya where you're at. Because you've got work to do for the, for the kingdom. So believers need to submit to lawful authority. Period. And I'm telling you, lawful authority is not always synonymous with the representation that we find ourselves with in our state houses and in Washington, D.C., What is lawful authority? That which follows the law. I know that seems really simple, and it is, but we have a lot of elective officials that are not following the law in any stretch, and that's just a sign of the times. In fact, I want you guys to know that on on Tuesday evenings, I've decided that I'm going to preach on Bible prophecy for the next few weeks at 7 o'clock on Tuesday evenings. Because uh, I, I want you to understand the times that we're living in, the gravity of the situation. I want you to be prepared for what's coming. And it's going to place, when, when we begin to look at what is happening in our nation and world in light of Bible prophecy, you'll understand why there are times when resisting godless government is the righteous thing to do. So lawful authority is that which follows the law. When so so in other words when government becomes lawless we can't follow. It's actually not that complicated. It requires a spine. But it's not complicated. Simple and easy are are both also not synonymous terms. Something can be simple, but not easy. When government becomes lawless, we can't follow. And now if we go with Romans 13 blindly, 
then we shouldn't be able to find anyone who resisted government officials in the Bible. If, if we just, if we go with Romans chapter 13 blindly, which is whoever the uh, governing officials are, uh, regardless of how they got there and how they are governing, you just have to submit to them and follow them or you're not submitting to God. If you just take that blindly like that, then you shouldn't be able to find any place in Scripture where people resisted government officials, right? We should find any, any place in the Bible, if you believe that interpretation and application of Romans chapter 13, then you shouldn't be able to find anyone in Scripture that resisted uh, government officials uh, without also finding a very clear condemnation of their behavior. Romans 13.2, blindly follows, followed, means that everybody who resists anything ought to receive damnation. So let's take a look and see. We've got Daniel, along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in Daniel chapter 1. The government says, eat this food. This is a king. It's a monarchy. It's totalitarian law. Daniel says no. He adheres to his strict diet, and he was blessed with health, wisdom, and promotion. He resisted the governing authority. But we don't see any condemnation of Daniel in Scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, they said they will not bow to that idol. What were they doing? We won't bow. That's resisting. I mean, they didn't care. They, they said that means, you know, Go into the fiery furnace, so be it. But we will not bow. Now today, you know, it's like, you know, when it's abortion or shutting down the church, then I will, I'll resist. But, you know, it was food. It was bowing to an idol. You know, I know what people would say today. A lot of Christians would say it's okay just bow to the idol but but don't but just when you're doing that pray to your own god and you know no they resisted and god had their back even to the point of being thrown into a fiery furnace amen amen well pastor emmanuel you're up late They're like seven hours ahead of us. Yeah. Hey, make sure you guys, when you get on, when you're listening, say hello to us. Let us know where you're listening from. We got, we got friends from all across the country and across this nation that are tuned in, and we appreciate you taking this journey with us tonight. Amen. So there's Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, right? You know what it was? It was a 30-day law that was passed. A, a temporary order, right? Two weeks to slow the spread, right? It was a valid law that was legislated. It was the law 
of the land, Daniel wouldn't bow. So these young men broke no laws against God, but the laws, though valid, were not valid to God. They resisted. And we find no place in Scripture that condemned them. Think about this. People uh, many times will refer to Romans chapter 13 as why you just have to not resist and go along with, with whatever the governing authorities say. But who wrote Romans 13? The Apostle Paul, who was in prison all the time. Why was he in prison? Because he was obeying God and not man. The very guy that wrote these words, I believe, wrote them to mean what I'm trying to talk to you about today. Look at Peter and the apostles in Acts chapter 5. 5, 18 to 20 and verse 29. Acts 5, 18 to 20 and verse 29. It says, And laid their hands on the apostles, and they put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to all the people, to the people all the words of life. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. All right, so they're put in prison because they were obeying God rather than men. God miraculously releases them from prison, and then he tells them to go back and speak to the people the words of life. God is giving them a directive to do something that they're being forbid to do by the authorities. And they determine when they're being threatened, we ought to obey God rather than men. Which includes, in this case, ruling authorities. So what differentiates these kings from the kings of Romans 13 that, that Romans 13 is talking about? Well, verse 3 defines it. I'm going to look in here because I, I scrolled up away from my, my scripture passage. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So rulers are to support good and are to resist evil. Period. So there's two reasons why some authorities shouldn't be followed. One, they're not authorized by God. God didn't put them there. He's not anointed them. His blessing isn't upon their lives. They may be there by the will of the people, but they're not authorized by God. That's one reason why some authorities shouldn't be followed. The other is their actions are not delegated from the people. So, if you have an authority, a ruling authority, that promotes evil over good, they're not to be followed. And if their actions are not delegated from the people, right? I, like I said, I've got the Bible here. Got the Constitution of the United States, the highest laws of the land. If I'm in accordance with them, then you can shame me, 
You can judge me, you can talk about me, you can slander my name, but I will not bow to your pressure or illegal uh, sanctions or mandates or directives that have no legislative backing and are counter, they run counter to the the Constitution of the United States. I mean, let's just be consistent. If we're not going to be consistent about this thing, if we're just going to mamby-pamby and bend and bow because it's convenient, because I don't have a spine, or, or because, uh, you know, uh, maybe you just don't value freedom the way I do and many other people do. But if we're not consistent, then Martin Luther King and George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, uh, pastors in China in Pakistan and different parts of the world, they're all just heretics for following God, for promoting good over evil, for obeying God over evil rulers and godless dictators. I mean, it might not fit the American gospel narrative But if it's true in China, if it's true in Pakistan, if it's true in Iran, then it has to be true in America also. You can't just say, well, they're in extreme uh, situation, so it's okay. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to do that, then you're going to wait because America's heading that way until it's too late and, and we're in extreme situation. Now, I'm going to stand for freedom. I'm going to fight for freedom. I'm going to resist tyranny every step of the way. Romans th- if Romans 13 is interpreted apart from the whole of Scripture, right? If you, just, if you just isolate Romans chapter 13 apart from all of the, the really the narrative of Scripture, then Hitler, Stalin... Mao, Castro, Mussolini, Hussein, they, they must be good because they were picked by God. That's what you're saying if you follow that line of reasoning that so many people are following in Romans chapter 13. I mean, Hitler, he, Hitler didn't conquer Germany. Hitler was appointed through a valid political process. Period. In, in, these, in these stories in Scripture, God told them to do the very thing that they were arrested for. They were literally obeying God. And this is what I believe Romans 13 is saying. And these are the biblical examples that would be consistent with what it says. Amen. Amen, Mom. Yeah, let's see some emoji hands if you're picking up what I'm laying down this evening. These examples are... Jesus didn't resist 
Because that's, that's another thing that, that, that people say, well, Jesus didn't resist the authorities. He allowed them to, to, to take him and arrest him and beat him and crucify him and all those things. But that's a completely different story. Jesus was following God's plan. It was God's plan for Jesus. Amen. Hey, buddy, Scott. Good to see you, buddy. It was, it was God's ordained plan for Jesus to go to the cross. So he had a specific mission that included what they did to him. These examples are inconsistent with the notion that you can't go against the law because of Romans 13. If you blindly follow Romans 13, then you destroy the scriptures and you make Daniel and the Hebrew midwives and Moses and the apostles, you make them all heathen. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity or lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Amen. Love the emoji hands. Because of iniquity or lawlessness, because it will abound. And lawlessness and iniquity is abounding in these days that we're living in, it says that the love of many will grow cold. So I keep telling you that lawlessness is abounding. Well, what's it look like? Well, if you have a law and you don't follow it, that's lawless. So unconstitutional orders are lawlessness. What's happening in our immigration approach is lawlessness. There are laws that are not being followed. It's lawless. When you have a separate rule of law for the elite ruling class, I'm talking about the political and financial elite, it's lawlessness. When you have a hypocritical application of the law, Right, we saw in 2020 throughout throughout the the year, uh, we saw elected officials across this country tell us what we could not do, and then they were turning around and doing it themselves, and they were getting caught, and they were getting outed, and then they were just blaming and and you know just more lawlessness. Right? I mean, we have legal money laundering going on right now when these quote-unquote stimulus spending bills include things like gender studies uh, in Pakistan and uh, all kinds of, of pork in them where we're, we're sending money overseas, right? And there's promises going on there. That's how you can take American taxpayer money, right, send a few million or billion over to another country, and there's a deal that, that they're going to, they're gonna, through channels, kick back money into the, the foundations and into the relatives' pockets of the people that pass these laws. And our, our tax money gets laundered and back into them, and that's just one of many ways how people go into office in Washington, D.C., uh, and and they they come out multimillionaires and 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 even move toward being billionaires. 
the political posturing that's going on. It's lawlessness. You ever notice that um, whenever uh, a party introduces a, a, a bill with some that that has some teeth in it that that actually is a substantive bill that could really do something to change, it's always the minority party introducing that kind of legislation uh, when they don't have a chance of passing it. You're seeing that now. You're you're seeing like the Republican Party. They they. They could have passed certain laws when they were in control, um, but they didn't want to because they're lawless people, right? So when the Republicans are in control, the Democrats uh, put forth these bills that they think they're just playing to their base. They don't actually intend on doing any of that stuff. They just introduce it so that they can look like they're really trying and they can complain because the other party's blocking it. But then when they're in power, they don't do anything. It's lawlessness, right? We have an unfree press now, which, which is you know a, a constitutional protection, but we don't have a, a free press that's willing to do its job. And those members of the press that are willing to do their job are being suppressed and shut down. We have unfree speech. It's a constitutionally protected thing, but it's clear on college campuses and on social media platforms that if you don't follow the, the far-left narrative and you speak against it, you're censored or kicked off or shut down. There's lawlessness in any, any direction you want to look in, you can find it. And, and it's abounding, and the love of many are growing cold we are an American constitutional republic. We, the people, lay out the limits of our representatives on a state, federal, and local level. That's the way it's supposed to be. But right now, we've, we've got a situation where the lawmakers are passing the laws, right? They won't give themselves term limits. They keep giving themselves raises. They got their own medical, uh, you know, uh, system that they um, are a part of, and they right, so they don't have to live by the same standards that we live by, and, and so we we have a a moral responsibility to resist and do our part to try to bring things back in line in our country. We need to remember that we, the people, are supposed to be the ultimate authority. We're the ultimate governing authority, and the people that are in D.C. and in our state houses are are representative uh, of, of we the people. So the government, think about this with me, the government are people too. The government, it, it, it's run by people, and they're supposed to follow the same laws that the rest of us are supposed to to follow the law is supposed to apply to them also the rule of law that's the core characteristic of a republic reply uh, applies to everyone when the government steps outside the rule of law they're being lawless when i follow the constitution and i follow the bible i am not being lawless when we say we the people Right, which is the authority. And we demand that our representatives follow what we wrote. We're not being lawless. Politicians 
have proven to be inept in holding themselves accountable. The ones that are not following what we wrote are the ones being lawless, and that's not what Romans 13 is about. The Bible says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. That's taxes. It's not godless laws. There's some dominion that Caesar has. Right? And you see it. Abortion funding is hideous. Abortion is hideous. But then forcing people who are consciously opposed to it to fund it is a whole different level. But there are some things that belong to Caesar, and there are some things that are only God's. Give to Caesar what his image is on, but I'm created in the image of God. His image is on me. I don't have Caesar's image stamped on me. I don't belong to Caesar. My liberty doesn't come from Caesar. My liberty doesn't belong to Caesar. My life does not belong to Caesar. Think about this. Nero, who was like a crazy man, who martyred and murdered and killed a lot of people and a lot of Christians, he was ruling. He was the one ruling from Rome when the Apostle Paul wrote Romans 13. And Paul resisted a lot. But I'm talking about non-compliance, not violence. No one judging you based on Romans 13 would even have a Bible without a man who resisted. Right? His name's William Tyndale. He resisted authority. He was strangled and burned at a stake. And if it wasn't for him resisting, we wouldn't have the, our, our Bibles today. If, if William Tyndale is a heretic, then get rid of your Bibles. The idea that resisting the government is bad is really an unbiblical idea. It's like taking one piece of a thousand-piece puzzle and trying to accurately show the entire picture of this word from five verses. And I get it. Our churches, our pastors have been neutered because they're afraid of losing nonprofit status, because they're afraid of offending someone in their church and losing money and losing financial support. I get it. But Matthew 24.10 says, And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. We saw that. We saw Christians and we saw churches lining up, actually telling on one another, outing one another for doing what is constitutionally protected, assembling together for worship. Unfortunately, the Bible is a used book, and what I mean by that is people will use it for whatever means one wants to accomplish. Politicians will use it. The radical left will use it. But the fate of our country and the world will fall at the hands of the churches. If Christians and churches are silent and just comply and go along with this anti-Christ, one-world agenda, it's going to fall at our feet. 
I want us to be ready. I hope that you'll seriously take some time to read Romans 13, 1 to 5. Even go back and re-listen to what I've shared with you this evening and take it to heart. It, I, I preached a lot tonight about America, but these things are true. Just because other countries don't have the freedoms that uh, have been given to us by God and are protected by our Constitution, we still run into the same thing. We, we have conflicts between obeying, when obeying God means not obeying the laws of the land, and we have to, we have to reconcile that. Amen? Listen, if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I hope you'll, you'll make that decision tonight. I'm going to be preaching on Bible prophecy on uh, Tuesday evenings at 7, New York time. Uh, it's very clear that we're living in the last days, and we've got to do everything that we can to reach as many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're listening to me today, tonight, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, choose Jesus today. God voted for you. Satan voted against you. You get to cast the deciding ballot. If you're listening to me today and, and you once followed God, maybe you were raised in church, but you know something major happened in your life and it just got you off track, don't wait any, any longer than today to turn to Jesus. The devil wants you to believe that you've gone too far from God, but there's literally nothing you can do that would cause Jesus to turn his back on you. Maybe you're listening to me and you, you're, you're a Christian, but you just struggle with knowing that if, if you died today, you'd spend eternity in heaven. If you fit any one of those three categories, I want you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. Just repeat this prayer out loud after me. And if you'll do that, you can know with certainty that you're saved, you're born again, and you're on your way to heaven. I want you to repeat it out loud after me because the, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father in heaven. So repeat this prayer out loud after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sin to you. Please forgive me and come into my heart and life and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer together with me, let me be the first one to uh, welcome you to the family of God. You are my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you prayed that prayer out loud with me, you called on the name of the Lord. And we know that God doesn't lie. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. So if you call on the name of the Lord and God does not lie, then by the authority of God's word, I say to you that you are saved, born again, and on your way to heaven. 
If you prayed that prayer together with me, please go to our website at revivalnow.com. There's a red button right on the front page that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and there's a couple things I want you to do. There's some video resources that I've prepared uh, to help you get started on your new, your new walk with, with Jesus. There's also a place for you to fill out your contact information. Please take a moment and fill that out. We want to know who you are. We want to be able to pray for you by name, and we want to be a resource to you in your new journey in Christ Jesus. I promise you that your name will not show up on a mailing list. You won't get uh, solicited for money or any kind of crazy stuff like that. We just want to pray for you. We want to know who you are, and we want to be able to be a resource for you. So we'd appreciate it very much if you would do that. And uh, we actually ask everybody to go to our website and um, just scroll down to the bottom of the first front page, and you can subscribe to our e-newsletter and keep up, get weekly updates on what's going on in our ministry. Uh, that'll help us to stay connected. Well, before we get off tonight, before we end the live stream, I want to give everyone an opportunity to sow a seed financially into this ministry. If you would uh, so feel led to do so, um, I want you to know that uh, this is good soil. We, we've, we've preached to, gosh, well over 4,000, probably, probably over 5,000 people just in 2021. We, we've uh, been able to feed over 4,100 people. We've seen over 121 miracles and healings take place. And almost 3,000, we're at 2,920 souls that have come into the kingdom through this ministry just in 2021. It's good soil. Every soul, when you partner together with us, every soul that is won into the kingdom through this ministry is credited to your account as well. In, in fact, I've got this, this is one of the problems that we have in our country is We've got too many people that are citizens that have never read the Constitution of the United States. And uh, we're prepared to give away uh, a free pocket Constitution to anyone who gives a gift of any size. In fact, we'll stick two in there. Any gift of any size, we want to bless you with just a gift to say thank you for sowing a seed financially into this ministry. You can uh, Here's some ways you can do it. You can go to revivalnow.com forward slash invest now. Follow the prompts. It's very easy to give that way. Uh, on your mobile device, you can text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. Text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. And if you, if you receive Jesus Christ, if you prayed that prayer together with me, just, just comment. Just say, I, I prayed the prayer let me know that way also. Amen. You can find us on Cash App. Just search for dollar sign RN Give on Cash App, dollar sign RN Give. PayPal at RN Give on PayPal at RN Give. If you want to give the old fashioned way, just make your checks payable to Revival Now, and you can mail them to uh, P.O. Box 411, Marysville, Ohio 43040. That's Revival Now, P.O. Box 411. Marysville, Ohio, 43040. 
Well, God bless you. It's been an honor to spend this time together with you. I just want to pray for you uh, before we say goodbye tonight. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person that is listening to us through YouTube, Facebook, through the website at RevivalNow.com. I thank you even for anyone who will watch the recording of this video later. I pray, God, that you'd bless each one. Thank you for all of our partners that are joining together with us as we continue to develop a, a network of soul winners across this country and around the world. I speak increase, healing, strength, abundance, and overflow into each one. I pray for every person that prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Savior tonight, that you would bless them, that you would protect them, draw them closer to you, and let them know just how much you love them. Thank you, Father. You're a good, good Father. Thank you for being so good to me, so good to us here at Revival Now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks again for joining together with me. Thanks for uh, commenting. Hey, sis, good to see you. Love you. Thanks for all your comments and participation. Until Thursday morning, 10 o'clock New York time, we'll be back, and then we'll be back again here next Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, picking up on Bible prophecy. All right, love you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye. <music>